Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rain, rain, go away. Come again another day. Cyclists want to play. Rain, rain, go away. This is Anything But Footy, your Olympic and Paralympic sport podcast. And this week, I've mainly been drenched, soaked and sopping wet at the World Road Cycling Championships in Yorkshire. But the conditions didn't keep the spectators away and the racing went ahead virtually as planned with just a few delays and the odd change to the course of the men's elite road race because of standing water. Oh yes, athletics, the Doha World Championships, we've been talking about that for a while. Well, they're finally underway. Someone should really tell the people of Doha. They might actually go and watch some of it. Great Britain and Northern Ireland has its first medal, courtesy of 23-year-old Dina Asher-Smith. Dasha has done it. I'm Michael. And I'm John. In the next half an hour or so, have the world's best athletes been let down by Doha, the lack of spectators and coverage? And British canoeists booked all four places for Tokyo 2020 during the Canoe Slalom World Championships in Spain this weekend. But now for the really difficult selection process. And if you want to get in touch with anything but footy, we love to hear from you. Uh, we're getting more and more uh, tweets every week, and we love to read them. And we love to hear your thoughts, your opinions. If you think there's something we should be talking about, we'd love to take it on board. You can tweet us at anything but F. You can find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, and you can drop us an email as well, anythingbutf at gmail.com. This is Anything But Footy, the unashamedly biased Olympic and Paralympic sport podcast. Let's start then in Qatar, in Doha, where Great Britain and Northern Ireland have their first medal of Woo. the Athletics World Championships. Dash has done it. 23-year-old Dina Asher-Smith has made a bit of history. Let's go back to Rome. And 1960 in the Olympic Games, Dorothy Hyman won a silver in the sprint there. And basically, we've not had a medal in the 100-metre sprint since. Until Dina Asher-Smith, a time of 10.83, a silver medal, a PB. She's ran faster than ever before. But you have to say congratulations as well to Shelley ann Fraser-Price mm. of Jamaica. She has done it again. She became a mum a year or so ago. 
ago. Her record, two Olympic golds, three silvers and a bronze, seven gold medals at the World Championships. At the Olympics, she won gold in the 100 metres in Beijing and in London and a bronze in Rio. And as far as the World Championships are concerned, gold medals in Berlin, Moscow, Beijing and now Doha. She really is one of the greatest of all time. So credit to Dina Asher-Smith for coming in just behind her. Yeah, it was a brilliant silver medal, wasn't it? As you rightly say, behind the eight-time world champion Fraser Price. And that British record, 10.83, um, really shows the form that she's been in. And we've been talking about it all year, haven't we? You know, about peaking for Doha. And it's such a late championships. And it's been really, really tough. But they've absolutely delivered uh, these sprinters. And uh, as you rightly say, a great celebration for, for Dina Asher-Smith. It's her second world championship silver. Of course, two years ago, she won it in the relay uh, in London. Now she's got her individual and she's still got two events to come. She starts in the 200 metres early on on Monday uh, afternoon and still the relay, the 4 by one relay to come as well. The three-time European champion has shown, as her nickname, as you've rightly called her, Michael uh, Dasher, absolutely brilliant. And I thought her semi-final performance as well was, was really up there as well. So kind of focused. I've liked the way that she hasn't got caught up in all the kind of chat. Oh, let's just go and have a chat in the mix zone on the way out. No, just... Just, just go and do the business, get through the heats, win your semi and, and get a medal in, in the final. And I think she absolutely performed brilliantly. And I think it's kind of slightly changed my feeling of how the British athletes are doing in Doha now. Now we've got a medal on the board. Yes, of course, we want a gold medal, but it's made me feel a bit better. Yeah, and I think one of the things I often, you know, when I'm stood in those mix zones, usually alongside you, um, <laughs> I have to I have to stifle a yawn from time to time when athletes start lecturing me on, on process and execution and, and things like that. But having said that, I think in terms of Dina Asher-Smith's season and the process and the execution of the season, she's pretty much nailed it with her coach because, you know, she could have got a little bit carried away. Diamond League winner. She had some good early times and good early success. You know, when we were talking some of the earlier episodes of, of Anything But Footy, we were wondering whether she could continue that, that mm. progress that she'd made and whether, you know, she might have peaked too early. But she's obviously got it pretty much absolutely right. She's come up today, um, you know, Shelley ann Fraser-Price is, is, you know, a, a you Usain Bolt uh, and Alison Felix, she yeah. is, she's at that level, isn't she? You know, yeah. she is something absolutely exceptional. You know, Dina Asher-Smith is 23 years of age. So, you know, Shelly-Ann Fraser-Price, you know, won that Olympic gold medal in 2008, 11 years ago. So, you know, her time is now. She's the world champion. But Dina Asher-Smith's time, I don't think, is very, very far away. And I think you're right. I think it's, you know, it's it's fantastic for the, the Great Britain and Northern Ireland team. There's been a, a couple, I would say, little disappointments. Um, a yeah. bit of a stuttering start to the campaign. Lindsay Sharp out of the 800 metres in the first round. Morgan Lake not qualifying for the final of the high jump. You know, we've been talking about Holly Bradshaw, haven't we, for, for ages and ages and ages. And, you know, she just comes up fourth again oh, in, the, in the pole vault today. So you know, you look at her record, final in London, seventh in Beijing at the World Championships in 2015, final in Rio at the Olympics, sixth at the World Championships in, in London in 2017, fourth now in Doha. When is that major outdoor global medal going to arrive for Holly Bradshaw? 
But she is get she is getting better though. As yeah, you've, you, she you know, is. You've, you've you've said those those numbers. So actually, when you now look at Tokyo, which is bizarrely less than three hundred days away, and, that, and that's on... the scary thing. You know, we're we're not that far away from the next major championships. No. She, but she's, she's on, on the, she's on the next. Yeah, she's on the next level. We talked about Dina Asher Smith. She got a bronze in the relay in in Rio, um, and then won silver in the relay in, a year later in London twenty seventeen. Now she's done the individual and got a, a got a silver. So I think Holly was a real. It was yes, I was disappointed disappointed for her but I, th- I feel that she has probably delivered I agree with you about Lindsay Sharp and also I'm really disappointed to see the likes of Tish Jones who who wasn't fit enough to go into the marathon and boy the marathon was a complete and utter uh, disaster wasn't it 28 out of the 68 people couldn't compete the women's marathon because it was so hot and humid conditions unbelievable 33 Celsius uh, gone midnight 2am in the morning and 70% um, humidity so Charlotte Perdue had to pull out and that's understandable but then Harry Capel in his first world championships in the pole vault you know got injured in the warm-up so it's just and, and as you mentioned, Lindsay Sharp, and you just you think slightly disappointed. You kind of want people to start coming through and finishing in those finals, um, and and then doing as we've said with with hopefully Holly Bradshaw in the Olympics next year, and now Dina Asher Smith, that you then get those medals as you move forward. Yeah, and another fourth place, of course, tonight in the mix, four by four hundred meters relay yeah. as well. Martin Rooney on that anchor leg, and you know I think that's. A really good event, you know. I like the fact that the the different nations that have mixed it up. So the pole oh, had obviously that. the pole had a woman on on the final leg, whereas the US had a man, and you know the man was way behind, but he just you know tracked her down, didn't he? Jamaica oh. winning the silver, Bahrain with the bronze. You know, I think athletics, swimming are doing it as well. Triathlon are doing it. You know, we need to come up with events. I'm sure. You know, the one of the big topics of conversation this week, and it will be something that, that we speak about, of course, is the fact that no one is there. No one's watching. Yeah. No one is. No one in, in Doha has been inspired to go. It's friends, family, a few VIPs and some volunteers from the looks of it. You know, the whole top tier of the stand is covered with the kind of advertising hoardings. There's no one in the exec boxes from someone I spoke to who was out there covering the games. The middle tier, again, just covered in advertising hoardings and about 20% in the bottom. So I think athletics, you know, the bigger picture, of course, is don't take the World Championships to Doha. Take it to Helsinki, take it to Berlin, take it to London, where you're going to fill the stadiums. Um, But the bigger picture is things like the mixed relay, I think, are box office. Um, I loved watching it, and I think... It's interesting. I think that, you know, you're going to have to look at where it is in the schedule. You're not going to get the highest quality lineups if you've got a 400 metres individual and you've got a 4 by 400 metres same sex events coming up because I think people will prioritise those. Yeah, yeah. But... But when it finds its place, as I said, I do think it is box office. And, and, a fourth I think, place... and I think athletics has always been, like swimming, you know, male and female has been on a par. You know, it's 50-50. It's, you know, you've got the same amount of, of, of events going on for men and women. And actually then to combine them and see them performing together. Yeah, there was a slight kind of ha- baton handover issue in that in that fourth leg for, for Britain, yep. third to fourth between Emily Diamond and Martin Rooney, which may have slightly cost us a bronze, I don't know. But, but you know, you get that in the men's, you know, we've seen many a time with Britain you get that in the men's uh, as well but it was just nice to see and I think it's great for the team as well because it brings it brings everyone together and it's and it is fun and well done to Alison Felix who of course the American now uh, not only broke the world record but won a record-breaking 12th world athletics championship gold and Legend. takes over from Usain Bolt as the most recognized um, champion in world athletics championship history so but some, not some, 
but not recognised on the street in the same way that Usain Bolt is, <laughs> which is which is a farce, really. Um, well, and it it says a lot for a, for you know the status of track and field in America, um, and it says a lot for the way people have covered the sport because you know Usain Bolt is instantly recognisable, and you've just said it there. Alison Felix has surpassed his achievements and could probably walk into my house tomorrow and would barely be recognised. And some big question marks, as you rightly say, for the IAAF. You know. <laughs> Uh, Seb Kerr has just been appointed for the next four years uh, to lead soon to be named World Athletics. He's been re-elected as the president. Now, he didn't, he wasn't in charge when they decided to go to Doha. Uh, in fact, the person who was uh, is being investigated uh, for various uh, uh, wrongdoings. So, you know, move you on. Can, yes, exactly. You can kind of see <laughs> lawyers what, are listening. why why Doha was kind of was was picked, you might look at. But the fact is, Denise Lewis has said, and I, I absolutely agree with her, that, that, that they've let the athlete down you know they've waited for this we've talked about it all year the world championships not until October um, you know and, and and there are empty stands no as you say nobody has come out to watch this event apart from the media some VIPs and 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 some you know and some maybe some locals who are interested and again maybe some question marks for the IWF about the staging of this you know the men's 100 meters and the women's 100 meters there wasn't that many people left in the stadium but actually there were more people for some of the long and long and middle distance races which the you know the um the people in doha support a lot of the 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 african competitors who are obviously going to be more successful in those long distance races as we've seen in past history so do you change the you know the the running order if you like to make sure that the pinnacle or you know the last thing of the night is the is the big long distance race rather than than the sprints which is you know as we all know uh, from america or from europe uh, seen as as the blue ribbon so i think some some big question marks moving forward i think they've done some nice things you know the the lights before the 100 meters uh, the yeah. light show was was pretty Staging. impressive yeah has been has been really really good and they've continued to ban russia which i think is probably the the best thing that they could have done and and they of course for, uh, you know uh, agreed that they would continue to ban russia before these uh, championships got underway because you know they can't prove um put uh, the head of the task force uh, rooney anderson uh, told the iaaf council in doha that he couldn't prove that the data that russia had given them to try and come back in ahead of the tokyo 2020 olympics was authentic and untampered with so yeah. you know it's it was the right decision they've made some right decisions they've still got to do some other things i think moving forward uh, to make sure that the athletics, when you know, when I was growing up, the World Championships, when Linford Christie won a gold, when Sally Gunner won the gold, and Jonathan Edwards, you, 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 they were front page news and they were back page news. And I know the world has changed. Hey, look, we're doing a flash briefing now. You know, we we talk about something, you know, something that happens at nine forty at night, and by nine forty five, you can listen to a two minutes review of it. So the world has changed, but. I don't think athletics has quite kept pace, unfortunately, with making sure that they are as relevant as they, sh- you know, have been or should be in the future. And Dina Asher-Smith from our case, you know, we talked about her tonight. She has the opportunity to be as big as Linford, as big as Sally. And the fact that anyone knows you by your first name, like Jess, Mo, and Greg, Dina will be the next one. And if she can do it in her strongest event, the 200 metres, and then the relay, you know, she will have uh, an amazing championships. 
Yeah, just I mean briefly on that point before we move on because we've got loads more to talk about, <laughs> including of course the the world cycling which has been taking place in Yorkshire, and I've got some some analogies to make between cycling and the athletics, but we'll come to that very shortly on on anything but footy. I think it's it's a difficult one for World Athletics, formerly known as the IAAF. In a way, I think they're going to have to sort of go, you know, venue like London where we're going to fill the stadiums and it's going to be good for the sport and the athletes want to compete, and then we're going to have to go to a venue where we went to Moscow previously where we're in Doha this time where maybe the money is on offer I think that's probably the reality for the I was going to say the IAAF the the World Athletics um, authorities and for Sebco now unfortunately you can't just keep going to Berlin and Helsinki and London Um, you know it's every two years you are going to have to go you do I think as a body like that have have a mission to try and spread the word of the sport and you know to play devil's advocate if one two children in Qatar start running and become Olympic athletes in in 8, 12, 16 years, maybe maybe this event, despite the fact it's been so poorly supported, has achieved its aims. Just very quickly on that, I agree with you that you have to, you can't keep going back to the same places, but you look at the Rugby World Cup, which is going on at the moment, to go to Japan, you know, there is a, a, a burgeoning sport there. You know, there are people who want to go and watch it and it's full and the stadiums are full. And I think that's, the, that's really what World Athletics need to think about is, yes, you want to continue to spread the word, but go to places where you know you are going to get a crowd because, as Denise Lewis rightly says, it's it's embarrassing and it's wrong that the world's best, best athletes are not even uh, being greeted by, you know, more than 2,000 people. Now, talking of big celebrations, Glasgow will stage not one but two big indoor athletics meetings early next year as the focus for athletes switches to the world indoors in China in March. And for the first time ever, the Emirates Arena will stage the Spa British Athletics Indoor Championships on February 22nd, 23rd, a week after its hugely successful Indoor Grand Prix. Now, 27-year-old Guy Learmonth just missed out on competing on Doha in the 800 metres, but has told us he wants to ensure he's in China and then Tokyo next year and can't wait to compete in Glasgow. The UK really know how to put on a big show with with athletics and this this will be no different. It's going to be very, very special. Yeah, I mean, hosting the Europeans here was very successful. The Miller Indoor Grand Prix is the top-ranked indoor meet in the world and Glasgow's becoming a bit of a home for indoor athletics worldwide. Yeah, definitely. It just kind of shows the strength and depth, I think, of of, of, of the sport and where it's, where it's moving and, um, you know, it's just incredible to be a part of that. And How do you reflect on your season yeah i usually take a good month off but i've actually had two weeks off and then i've got back into training already just the last two days i think you know it's been a bit of a mixed bag it's been a very difficult year with with injuries and 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 you know i even have had salmonella mid-season as well so it's just been there's been so much that's went on um from the indoors right through to the to the the whole outdoor season as i said i almost pulled it off but it's been very difficult, it's been very draining and it's been very emotional. So I was glad to see the, the back end of it. So now it's just stripping things back, getting back to basics and just getting some good, solid, consistent training and, and, and we'll rebuild and get ready for next season. So, yeah, as I said, it's, it's full steam ahead. But this year, uh, I'll be uh, happy to, to for the whole season to be completely finished, you know, after Doha and, and then I can really, you know, get, get full focused again for next season. So great to hear him supporting the other British athletes who did make it to Doha and only taking about two weeks off instead of a month. Because as I said earlier, it's less than 300 days to go to the Tokyo Olympics. Every day counts at the moment. And thanks to our friend of the show, Rich Newman, uh, for asking the questions there. And he only asked two questions, Michael. 
<laughs> yes, it's interesting that because um, Rich, as you say, good friend of the show, good good pal of ours, and someone that we've worked on the circuit with um, for a long time, and it became a bit of an on-running joke um, amongst you, amongst me, and amongst Rich when we were in Rio at the Olympics, and actually in Glasgow at the Commonwealth Games before that, of course, uh, where we were allowed two questions each because you know when when an athlete wins a gold medal, they have to go and speak to Claire Balding or Gabby Logan or, or John Inverdale, whoever the, the right holder then they have to go and speak to all the the national newspapers and they've got you know the various bodies websites and twitter feeds to think <laughs> to speak to and then they've got songs of praise and blue peter and you think i'm joking but i and have new- actually seen and those news pens and news around i have actually seen those pens at major sporting events where they get their own separate little slot anyway about 48 hours later <laughs> they eventually um get down to our part of the building which is actually not in the building it's usually outside the building Behind uh, the barrier. We don't, we don't own any rights, so we have to be outside of the area behind a barrier. And and there, greeting the gold, silver or bronze medalist from Great Britain who's just achieved their life's aims, uh, stand you, uh, me, and, and often in the past, our friend Richard, who we've heard there. And by this time, the athlete just wants to get back to the village, wants to get back to, you know, see friends and, and family and GB house and all of that. So we get given those instructions, don't we? Two, Two questions. Two and, questions each. And you know the main issue is? The first one is, well, how do you feel? Which is not really a question, is it? Anyway. No, not really. But anyway, yeah. so uh, thanks very much to Richard, who will always be part of our two questions each gang. You know, we should maybe have called the podcast that. Let's move on to the Commonwealth Games. And we mentioned Glasgow 2014. And we also talked earlier on in the podcast on Anything But Footy about, you know, hosting of events and, you know, where the World Athletics Authorities can take the World Athletics Championships to host the event. And a point I was going to make then, but I think is probably pertinent to make now, is, you know, it's great to say we should keep taking it to countries and cities that really want to see big sporting events there. Not all of them have the capability, the finances or indeed the desire these days to host sporting events. You know, Durban was allocated the Commonwealth Games in 2022 and then they went rather quiet on it all (laughs) and they didn't really start answering the phone or any of that. So it got moved to Birmingham, who stepped in and Mark England this week has been named, of course, the chef de mission for Team England for Birmingham 2022. He also leads Team GB in Tokyo at the next Olympics. He was the chef de mission for Team GB in Rio, where they won more gold medals across more sports than any other nations. Previously, he was deputy chef de mission at six Olympic Games, including London 2012. And if you want to know what he does, basically he just has to look after the athletes' welfare. And I kind of say that rather flippantly. It's a huge job, a massive undertaking. And Mark England has done it fantastically well remember on the gold coast england at 390 athletes across 18 sports second on the medal table behind australia the host 45 golds i think mark england is an excellent choice to lead team england when they're going to have a huge spotlight on them at birmingham 2022 this is the anything but footy the unashamedly biased olympic and paralympic sport podcast and the canoe slalom world championships have been taking place in spain this weekend the venue for barcelona 1992 and boy did the week start well for british canoeing when the women's k1 team uh, won their first title in 10 years mallory franklin fiona perry and kimberly woods uh, were victorious in spain and the good news is that all four places individual places for the olympics have now been secured for great britain in the men's k1 and the women's k1 and the men's c1 
and the women's C1 category. So that is brilliant news. But it seems like the nerves got to some of our big competitors or people we were expecting big performances from. And everything is totally shaken up of who will go for Great Britain in those four places. Because Mallory Franklin, who won K1 silver at the World Championships in 2018, also two golds at the World Cup in the C1 and K1 earlier this year, the 24-year-old for Windsor was only 11th at these World Championships in the C1. Enough for a GB spot, but... Also, she led the British rankings, but there was too many mistakes on the white water fire on the white water again. So she is going to go probably to Tokyo, but it wasn't quite the performance she was looking for. And a day earlier, in fact, she hadn't even qualified for the C1 final. And Kimberly Woods ended sixth and topped the British pile and and and, and uh, rankings. So it looks like they are going. And then in the men's team, it was just exciting. You remember that Rio, the Olympic champion Joe Clark, uh, absolutely came from nowhere to win the K1. Well, he got to the final with ten. Uh, nine other men in the World Championships alongside Bradley Forbes, uh, Cryans of Britain but it was the 24-year-old from Edinburgh that booked Britain its Tokyo spot with a fourth place finish just outside the medals frustratingly while Clark with the pressure mounting could only finish fifth and Bradley now tops the British selecting standing so who on earth do British canoeing choose a reigning Olympic champion or the person who is top ranked at the moment Adam Burgess also seems destined for Tokyo uh, despite missing out on the C1 final he is the highest ranked British paddler in the C1 and it means that David Florence misses out on a fourth successive Olympic Games. It was quite a dramatic weekend in Spain. Yeah, Paul Ratcliffe, the British Canoe and Performance Director, says we have a first-past-the-post policy, so that does not bode well for the likes of David Florence and Joe Clark. In tennis, talking of the Olympic Games, you remember who carried the flag in the opening ceremony at Rio in 2016? Tennis player Andy Murray, two-time Olympic champion in the men's singles, of course, and he's back on the comeback trail after his hip operation. Uh, we've seen him playing some doubles, but this week he had his first ATP Tour singles win in China. I just wonder whether he will come back into form in time for Tokyo 2020. John has already predicted he will. We know that surfing is a new sport at Tokyo 2020, but windsurfing still very much part of it as well. And well done to Saskia Sills, who produced her best ever RSX World Championship finish in Torbellay in Italy, the 23-year-old finishing in the world's top 10 in ninth place. So good for her. And from the water of windsurfing to the water of Yorkshire. Yes, the water of Yorkshire. Right, the first thing I'm going to say about the the World Road Racing Championships, the 92nd edition of this particular event, incidentally, uh, which I've been lucky enough to be to be across all week, uh, bobbing about various towns and cities in Yorkshire from from Leeds in the morning for the road races to Harrogate where the finishes were. You know, we've we've had a little pop earlier on in the podcast on anything but footy, uh, the hosting of uh, the World Athletics Championships in guitar and we've said obviously the marathon should not have taken place when it did with the heat and the humidity and we've had all those races pulled out and it's desperately bad for the sport and you know we've put those races and those marathon runners welfare at risk did you see the pictures from Yorkshire this are we not guilty of doing exactly the same thing you know we had 190 on the start line for the men's elite road race in Yorkshire today um, I think it was about forty finished. Wow! Um, you know, we, we've we've lost over a hundred. I don't know if um, you saw any of the under twenty threes time trial, but they had cyclists on the time trial racing through standing water floods that were over the bonnet of a car. It's very easy for us 
here to spend five years picking holes in, you know, the climate of Qatar and saying we should not be taking the Football World Cup there. The World Athletics Championship shouldn't be there because, you know, we've had to send all these marathon runners into medical centres and some of them have had to stay overnight. And that is bad and it's not good for the sport and it's obviously clearly not good for the welfare of those individuals involved. But I would suggest that we've done a similar thing in Yorkshire this week and we've kind of just laughed it off by saying, well, we're hardy Yorkshire folk, mm. you know. And, you know, I think the the great thing for the organisers this week, you know, is they've, they've got the event done. They have they they've got the races. I said um, right at the start of the podcast, of course, that they've had to make some changes with with routes because of flooding. You know, no one there has been seriously hurt or anything, although there's a, a few gone over. Um, but I do think the UCI do need sometimes maybe to look at some of these and think of the welfare of these cyclists. And actually, it shouldn't be let's go ahead at all costs. I suppose the the only difference I would say is that there were lots of supporters out there as well who had come to to watch it and crowds and crowds of thousands and thousands of people had, had lined the route and when you then change things and say they're not happening then that would be disappointing for them as well in contrast to Doha is, is, I suppose is what I'm saying because if you know you criticise Doha but there's, there's no one there who, who will who will miss it frankly if it wasn't on in Doha and was being held somewhere else but I think in Yorkshire I think the desire and we talked about it in the podcast last week about it being the capital of, of British cycling now uh, really taking on the, the, the mantle from, from Cambridge and London and, and even Manchester um, that you know Yorkshire is the, is the place to be so I think it's difficult to call something off um, or, but you know, they changed it for the men's elite road race. They changed the short, shortened it, didn't they, slightly uh, to make sure that they finished. But they were still c- cycling for six hours. Yeah. Six, I I know, mean, six were, hours on the in the in the rain is not pleasant. There were there were huge crowds. I'm just sort of I'm not having a, a pop here at the 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 organisers necessarily. Certainly not the local organising committee in Yorkshire. I'm I'm just saying I think we do have slightly double standards on on this and it's it's the same double standards that that suggest that football shouldn't be in the Olympics and you know that's little Englander speaking because if yeah. you go to Brazil or you go to America football should be an Olympic sport and I'm just saying on on this occasion the double standards is we can't pick holes in Qatar's policy for running a marathon Mm. when we are doing a similar thing in this country you know Someone like Hayley Simmons, who was in the women's elite time trial, she was really not happy with the delay. Um, it really sort of halted her progress. She finished 26th, Alice Barnes 16th in the same race. Just to cap a few British medals, uh, there were three bronze medals over the course of the week. Uh, bronze in the mixed team time trial that we talked about last week on episode 25. Uh, there was also a bronze for Eleanor Blackstead of Great Britain. Uh, that was in the women's junior individual time trial, 14-kilometre race. And Tom Pickcock, a Yorkshire rider who originally finished fourth uh, was upgraded in the men's under 23 road race to a bronze medal after the disqualification of the Dutchman Nils Ekoff. Uh, the climax of the event of course was the men's road race that was the final event it was won by Mads Pedersen of Denmark he will wear the rainbow jersey for the next year and he admitted afterwards to anything but footy he loved the tough conditions but British rider Ben Swift told us he'd hoped for a bit better. Brutal, pretty rough day, uh, six and a half hours on the bike and uh, 10 to 12 degrees and and a lot of water. So yeah, it was a really tough day, but uh, 
that's a, that's a way I like to race in, in rain and tough conditions like this. It's quite tough for everybody, you know, it was just really hard and for a long time there was always a really big group and then all of a sudden one minute it just started disintegrating. Yeah, I wanted more out there today, obviously, but yeah, that was it. I gave everything and just ran out of energy in the end. I mean, they were absolutely exhausted, Michael, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a really tough day, and I, I say that from someone that was stood in the media centre watching it on the TV uh, for most of it. Um, you know, it, it's it's been a tough, tough week. Not every day. You know, yes, yesterday, um, the day before we, we record, of course, um, for the women's road race where Lizzie Dygdon finished 31st, Anna Henderson was the first Brit home in, in 22nd. Uh, it was very much a double Dutch at the top of the uh, pile. Van Meek van Vluten and Anna van der Breggen, who won gold and silver. They'd won medals earlier on in the week, of course, in, in other events as well. You know, it, it was good weather for that. Um, fantastic weather for the, for the para event, which kicked it all off on the on the first Saturday as well. Uh, but I do think the, the main pictures, the main headlines will be about, about the rain in Yorkshire. Certainly some of the scenes, as I said, from the under-23 Three's time trial earlier on in the week where the cyclists went into that standing water and in the time trial today. And, you know, on that subject, let's hear now from local organisers. Welcome to Yorkshire. They told me it was a challenging week, but they were pretty pleased. Peter Dodd, commercial director, welcome to Yorkshire. I think Yorkshire has come through really well. Epic weather conditions, but outstanding, tremendous sport. Each race we've done has been a fantastic finish. Ten different starts, great, great circuit, Harrogate. We put Yorkshire on the map, we raised Yorkshire up a notch in terms of that global awareness of Yorkshire. Proud of the team, proud of everyone who's been been and witnessed it here or, or out and about in Yorkshire. Phenomenal week, but like you say, some challenging weather conditions, but we made it. What's next? Sleep. <laughs> Olympic bid. Oh, I don't know about Olympics, but, um, you know, we've got plans to uh, to grow the Tour de Yorkshire and, you know, who knows what are the cycling events. But, we, you know, we're chasing many events other than cycling to anything we can do as Team Yorkshire to put Yorkshire on a European global map. Peter Dodd talking to Michael. Uh, wait another 37 years to stage it again? I don't think we will, <laughs> will we? No, uh, I did ask him if we were going to um, stage uh, the Olympics in Yorkshire <laughs> next because it, it is what is going to happen next. You know, I know Do you have an athletics look- track? <laughs> well, no, because they knocked down Don Valley. Exactly. Um, but, but I've got a plan. It's called the New City of Leeds Stadium. I don't know who's going to pay for it. And we're going to have to have the cycling in Derby, which I know is not technically in Yorkshire. But, you know, you've got the English Institute of Sport and you've got the John Charles and you've got Ponds Forge. You've got arenas in, in Hull and in Sheffield and... And in and in Leeds, of course, you've got the uh, big exhibition centre in Harrogate. So I think a Commonwealth Games bid potentially one yeah. day in the future, maybe for Yorkshire, it could be a goer. Um, you know, I think they want to cement their, their place as a cycling centre. Um, they're doing that, but you know, I think there might be opportunities to bring other other events to the region as well. And we heard about Andy Murray coming back to action. Four-time Tour de France winner Chris Froome is returned to cycling just four months on from his crash, uh, of course, in June. Remember, this is when he broke he, a bone in his neck, leg, hip and elbow. He needed six hours surgery. He was in six weeks in hospital alone and was told he'd be out for six months, the 34-year-old. He's back within three months and he says he's feeling good about it. He is an absolute machine. We wish uh, Chris through him all the best 
You're listening to Anything But Footy, your unashamed Olympic and Paralympic sport podcast. In shooting this week, Sinead McIntosh has won a gold in the 300 metres prone event at the European Championships in Bologna. It was her second medal of the event. She previously won a bronze in the mixed team prone event. Uh, interestingly as well, a quota place for Tokyo 2020 and the first British athletes are going to be named in Weymouth very shortly for Team GB. We will start seeing the makeup of the British team travelling to Japan next summer very soon it's been a great year though for Sinead McIntosh in shooting gold and silver medals at the World Cup and ranked world number one as well and the race is also on for an Olympic place in trampolining with Rio silver medalist Bryony Page finishing fourth in the latest World Cup event in Russia and she'd been struggling with tonsillitis before the event she gains vital Olympic qualification points a gymnast's four best results over six World Cups will give their final points tally and you've got to be in the top 14 to qualify uh, Kat Driscoll aiming for a third straight Olympics was 14th in that one there are three qualifying competitions left better news for Kat though and for Luke Strong as well congratulations they won the British men and women's trampoline titles on the opening day of the 2019 Trampoline, Tumbling and DMT British Championships at the arena in Birmingham. Dash has got Great Britain and Northern Ireland off and running in Doha. Don't forget, of course, you can check out daily updates on our Flash Briefing. You can follow all the details on our social media feeds. You can find us on Twitter at Anything But F. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube or Instagram. We'd love you to download, like, share and tell your friends about our podcast, Anything But Footy, as well as our daily Flash Briefings throughout the duration of the World Athletics Championships. Drop us an email as well, please. Anything But F at Gmail. Well, we've certainly got across quite a bit of territory in the last 30 minutes or so, including launching an Olympic bid for Yorkshire 2032. (laughs) This is Anything But Footy, and don't forget, as I said, do download those daily flash briefings for all you need to know about Great Britain, Northern Ireland, and the World Athletics Championships in Doha. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.